Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 86 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opiniones! Opiniones! Happy Cinco de Mayo! Happy Cinco de Mayo. That is Justin across from me, in case you guys weren't able to recognize his voice, which at this point you should. I feel so welcome on the day of our people, my people. Yes, that's right. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Justin's uh, Justin's got uh, technically a like a quarter Mexican in him, but he actually grew up in Mexico, which makes him more Mexican than most of you people out there. So fuck you, si señor. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty excited about um, this year's Cinco de Mayo because in my older age, mm-hmm. which is not that old. <laughs> But millennials like to call themselves old, even if they're not. He's 24, guys. That is a lie, but thank you. <laughs> Literally plus 10. <laughs> I am 34. <coughs> I was Ooh. born in... Are you 34 or 33? 34. Oh, shit. 1985, the year of our Lord. For some, for some reason, I, this entire time, this entire year, I thought you were 33. Okay, well, no. Well, it's just because I look a year younger <laughs> than I actually am. But today on Cinco de Mayo, I'm really excited because millennials also really love brunch. Mm-hmm. So today I will be brunching for Cinco de Mayo, and it's at my favorite restaurant, and they are serving green chili chicken tamales. Oh, shit. And let me just tell you, I had these a while ago, and they were a special, and every single day, I'd go back there and ask, do you have the green chili chicken tamales? And they're like, we're not going to have the fucking green chili chicken tamales, so figure something else out you like. <laughs> you always ask for that. <laughs> and we always ask for the same waitress, poor thing. So... I gave her my number quite some time ago thinking we could be friends. And she's like, hell, I don't want to be your friend, you weirdo. You're just a customer for my job. (laughs) So then I get a text um, last week and it said, hey, are you going to be coming in for Cinco de Drinko? Is what she said. (laughs) I said, probably not. I'm on a diet. I'm getting ready for Thailand. And then she goes, okay, we have the tamales. So, of course, you have to go. And I immediately texted my boyfriend and I said we are going and he goes don't you worry I I, I know the code word tamales means no doubt about it rain <laughs> or shine we are going to go so that's where I'm going and that's why I'm so excited what about yours You're, you have a little Latino action going I, on today I do I, I think this actually marks the first day in my entire life that I've ever like done anything on Cinco de Mayo, and I'm going to uh, to a bar called Dos Gringos. Is Dos Gringos like? Is that just an Arizona thing? Yes. Or that is just an Arizona yeah. thing, right? Dos Gringos means <laughs> two white two people. white people, <laughs> white men specifically. <laughs> so. But uh, I have a I have a buddy, uh, Tim Jones. Look him up, like his page, uh, who is uh, playing a set there between i don't know if he's playing between 12 and 5 or 
he can't be playing for a full five hours, but maybe he is. No, he could. He could be, yeah. Because you don't play straight through. You take little breaks. You get a beer. That's true, yeah. So I'm going to go watch him today and enjoy some, uh, I think they have like a $3 beer thing right now. Or at least on like Dos Equis. I think Dos Equis was like... Mexican the stuff. Wad. Yeah, Mexican stuff, exactly. But they have a really good nacho, so I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm literally just going there, and I'm just going to sit there and enjoy some beers and listen to my buddy play. I frequented there quite a few times. I hope you sing something in Spanish. I have very often. This is embarrassing. But because, uh, you know, you want to you eat when you drink. Uh-huh. Especially when you're feeling festive and, and, you know, Mexican. Mexican. Yeah, so um, you, they have tables and you can either order with the waitress or keep your bar, bar tab open and just go order up there. So what I'll do sometimes <clears throat> is I'll go to the bar and I'll order the appetizer sampler because they have a bomb appetizer sampler mm-hmm. and just have it arrived at the table. I'm like, oh, did you guys... Did you, did you order this? Does anybody <laughs> want any of this? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. And I'll, I will eat the whole thing if no one else shares. And I always secretly hope nobody else shares. Oh, dude, I am the same way. I always surprise myself in my ability to just scarf down food. Like, I... Like, <laughs> sorry, guys, I have a cat in here who's just wreaking havoc right now. But I always find myself in these positions where I feel like most people, when they eat, whether it's junk food or good food, you know, they'll get full at some point. I I just won't. I literally just decide I'm going to be done eating. <laughs> like, I ordered a large pizza the other day, dude, and I shared some of it with Matthew. But if Matthew wasn't there, there would have been no issue for me to devour that entire large stuffed crust two-topping pizza on my own. You must really love your listeners. That was very intimate, and that's something that you don't tell people in public. That's true. That's true, but I mean, look at me. It's okay to talk about it. Hashtag me too. If you've ever ever, uh, eaten an entire stuffed crust pizza, or any crust pizza by yourself. I used to... Hold on, everybody. I have a cat I have to take care of. She usually hangs out with us while we do a podcast, but today she's just wreaking havoc in my room. So one second. I have personally never been in this room while this cat was in here where she wasn't wreaking havoc. So it's a I... recent thing. She's been really good. But to be fair, we usually podcast at night, and I think she's just tired at night. And right now it's like the early morning. So she's just like, all right, let's fucking do something. You know, I'll have like $70 left until payday Mm -hmm. after paying all my bills. So I have like two more weeks till I get paid. And I'll still manage to go to like Dos Gringos or something. Have some bargain (sighs) drinks, right? Because you're like, oh, they're only $350 today. It's okay. I'm actually saving money. Mm -hmm. And then your judgment is impaired and you're like, I'll buy food for everybody here. I have like $52 left. (laughs) You know, it's funny though, because it's that same thought process for me that actually helps me save money because I look at it in regards of, so I totally get the way that you look at it, you know, but like I take it a step further and I go, well, I always find a way to get fast food or to do this or to do that. So when I say I don't have money for something, it's like, oh, well, I could have the money for something. I just don't choose to, you know, spend my 
use my saving ability, you know, to save for that particular thing. But my default <clears throat> setting is spend. It's right. not save. It's not deliberating whether or not I should. It's like, okay, well, we need this. So, like, if I want to go out to eat, mm-hmm. what goes through my head is I have to eat. Everyone right. has to eat. I don't even entertain the notion there was a better option right. that was better for me. But for some reason, I just don't mind spending money on food. Mm-hmm. I regret it later, but I've never like, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. It's like, obviously, I need to do this right now. But my point to that is just as you said, you know, you'll spend money on things that you don't really need to spend money on. And then what happens? You know, you just as you said, quote unquote, figure it out later. And I think that's uh I think that's a good mentality to have if it's if you just learn to place that in other places. So like right now you're really into traveling, so buying tickets and mm-hmm. stuff for traveling and things. And kind of your mentality through this, which is that actually differs from mine ironically, is you know, I'll figure it out later and mm-hmm. you'll just spend the money for it. So, I mean it really just comes down to what people's priorities are. Well, right now traveling mm-hmm. is definitely a huge priority of mine because mm-hmm. My whole life, I've always wanted to. There's just always been some reason why I couldn't. I had a job that I couldn't get away from. Or, right. You know, I just didn't make enough money to even fathom it. Mm-hmm. You know? Or I just couldn't save money, so I couldn't figure out how to do it. Right. And that I actually learned how to find or how to practice <laughs> finding very inexpensive plane tickets. Mm-hmm. And that opened the door for me because that means it's possible. Right. Whenever there's a comma and a price, you don't even really consider it. Or I don't even consider it uh-huh. if there's ever a comma. If there's a, if it's less, if there's no comma, if it's mm-hmm. less than $1,000, then I can usually think about a plan where I can eventually get there. Right. If it's anywhere under 600 I will probably figure out how to pull the trigger if it's international. Right, exactly. And the, and the sad thing is, I feel like most people, even if they don't make as money as much money as like what you make, and I mean, to, to be fair for people at home, you're you're. I don't want to say average. I I guess it's average, of like like you're not rich is what I'm saying. No, you know, I will but, say. <clears throat> My income is the average household income in America, which is, believe it or not, not very high. Yeah, that's what, that's me, what I was trying to get yeah. at, yeah. It gets me far enough in the great state of Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, but there's there's definitely room for a little doubling or tripling. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and still keeping me in that medium range or... You know, I'm still attractive, even if I'm a little mm-hmm. bit fat, you know, right, that, right. that level. <laughs> I feel, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, though, because you and I, and really what, uh, from my observations, what sparked your whole kind of traveling bug is, and I've seen it, too, is we have all have the friends or people that we know who we know for a fact either make, you know, just as much or less yes. than what we do. And we're constantly going on their Instagrams or Facebook, and they're like, oh, "Oh, I'm in Peru today." I remember having this conversation several times over the last few years, and you're, yeah, yeah, you're like, "How are you in Spain?" Last week on your Tuesday post, Uh you were in 
like uh, Greece, or, Greece shit, yeah. or you were in I remember one time I saw somebody in that was Barbados so they were in Barbados and then um, it said where to next and I'm like oh cool you know and then it was literally a week later they were in Spain yeah that's fucking crazy and so my immediate thing was to hate them and go why couldn't you find a place where they speak at least a different fucking language if you like to travel so much hey, <laughs> right. right and then I was like no they just are doing okay look I I work in a in a uh, field where you can make decent money um just by going to work and, and doing your job. You, if you work off commission. Yeah, right? I work off commission. Yeah. And a decent hourly. This person was part of the visual department mm-hmm. in my same store. And they made a flat hourly that was significantly lower than mine. So I just could yeah. not figure it out. And at the time, we both lived in Santa Monica. So I assumed our you know, elevated rents were about the same. Right. So I just started looking into it. And then I have a really good friend. Her name is Vanessa. She is awesome. Yeah, we tried to get her on the podcast when she was visiting. It just didn't but... work out for some reason. She's down to talk, just for whatever reason. It didn't come around that way. Yeah. But uh, then she started doing a lot of traveling. Now, Vanessa... She is, does extreme traveling, It's though. pretty crazy. <laughs> like, she will not have any money for... For her, like, electricity. Yeah. And she'd be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have a bunch of food in the fridge. And she'll, like, kind of figure it out or, uh-huh. like, borrow it from her dad. And she's like, hey, um, I'm going to be in Spain for six weeks. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. Okay. I need to figure out how to do this. So I just learned a couple of little hacks here and there. And I think when I start getting a little bit more active on YouTube, mm-hmm. I'm going to start sharing my process yeah. A little bit. Which because, I would which I would love to have. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool, especially page. if a lot of millennials are gonna watch it. We're we're a generation that that really, really does at least value travel. Mm-hmm. You know, with the generation of the internet, you you have so much opportunity to see everything and what everybody else is doing. Well, and it and it is really inspiring. Also, having watched some of the videos that you bring up, um, one particular video that you were watching the other day or a string of videos. I should say you were watching the other day was this gentleman who's younger than I was, I think like 24, 25. And he had like a Latina girlfriend and they were like living in oh, Bali or something yes. like that. Okay. Or no, they were somewhere. They're living. I don't remember where they're living, but the channel is called lost LeBlanc. And he yeah. calls his, he calls his followers the get lost team. Uh huh. And uh, his name's Christian LeBlanc. He has this really cute girlfriend. She's from Peru. And I think she's a she's a YouTube star in Peru. She has the biggest channel in What the Chic. And now it's called, I think it's called Kati the Chic. Interesting. But anyhow. Uh, but she, I was watching him like uh, visiting. I, I can't remember where it was, like Bali or something. And they were literally trying to like buy a place there. And like some yes. deal kept like falling through, and then they like finally got it. And then when they did get it, you know, it was very cheap because of where you know they were, yeah, compared to how much they make back home. And then you know they're like, I don't know. I just remember watching and just be like, ah, oh, if only. You it's, know? I mean, it's not very cheap. It was cheap for what it was because right, he really ended up getting a place that was like. Because, you know, when you're big on YouTube, you start making a lot of money. Yeah. So it, it actually came out to being like 
11,000 US dollars a month, but it was like this tremendous super resort. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was really ridiculous. But uh, you could definitely find a place furnished for like $300 mm-hmm. a month. See, that's fucking, that's crazy. And, and, and like what we would consider paradise. Yeah. And I mean, the goal is to, or I guess the key to doing that too is getting a job where, you know, you can travel and still work from just your computer. It's very, very cheap to be a digital nomad. Yeah. If you work from your computer, I mean, where do you where in America do you live for three hundred dollars a month? Nowhere, <laughs> exactly. And with the cost, you know, with the you know the uh, what what the U.S. dollar is in a lot of these countries, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a vacation would be going to a place that's really pricey, the Maldives yeah. or Tokyo or something just really just incredible. Whereas you can live in Cartagena, Colombia, for three hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Which you know, you can live crazy. for a couple of months and, you know, Bali, Indonesia, or, you know, a Yucatan, Mexico mm-hmm. or something. And it's paradise. Mm-hmm. Literally paradise. I don't know how much work I could get done. I mean, you don't have a desk if you're living in a hostel. Or I guess you have an apartment. You'd have a place to be. But- well, I was going to say that the way that I, from what the videos I've seen, it looks like what these people will do is, you know, I don't know how like leasing an apartment works in some of these other places, but it looks like they get a place, you know, that's maybe month to month, you know, and then they spend yeah. three to six months there and then they're just like, all right, well, you know, where do we want to go next? Yeah. And they just do it from there. I mean, if you're a, tr- if you're someone who really just wants to live for the experience, I mean, shit, you could, you could live in a hostel for seven bucks a night. Yeah. And just travel the world like that. You mm-hmm. know, you could ride your bike all over Southeast Asia. Yeah. And just have a good a good old time. Mm-hmm. You can you can book it for a week, you can book it for a day. You know, it's it's definitely something to look into. I personally have always been incredibly interested in home ownership. It's just something I've always wanted since uh-huh. I was, you know, probably my teens. You know, your parents have it, so you kinda oh, want yeah. it. I'm, the, I'm the same way, you know. So that's an, important to me. I don't think i could ever just live abroad all the time i have to come back to home base but um it's definitely a place where i enjoy putting my money Mm -hmm. and you don't get that time back you know you need to take advantage of time where you're healthy and you can do everything you don't have Mm -hmm. issues with elevation or heart issues you know going any place where there's you know extra pressure or anything like that so i and I think that that's an, a common theme amongst millennials that I'm noticing is people saying, fuck it. Like, fuck. Well, the thing is, now we see all over what happens when you get old. When you have mm-hmm. all this information, you have the internet, you know how many more years you have before something becomes difficult. E- e- yes. Um, I have I have kind of different thoughts on that. So I do agree with you that I think that's kind of where this like fuck it attitude kind of stems from. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the issues that we see people like our parents having, you know, as they get older are not going to be issues for us. Yeah, because but it's still I, what we have I to think, relate to. Well, I, you're right. It's what we have to relate to. But I mean, I I always just look at it as like, I feel like I have what, what I'm trying to say is whereas I feel like some people look at it and go, okay, I have, you know, 10 more years to do this before, you know, my body starts to, you know, fall apart kind of thing. I look at it as like, well, we're the most health, health conscientious, uh, 
generation, you know, ever, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think our generation is going to be quite the healthy old people. We're all going to be living hundred plus. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the harder something is, the less ability you have to really just enjoy it for it being recreational. Right. Right. So, yeah. Like <clears throat> one of my bucket lists is the lost city trek in, in uh, Columbia. Uh-huh. Okay. I will be doing that. It's going to be, it's a, it's a big priority for me. I will go by myself and I will go with a group of 10. I don't care who wants to go. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Yeah. Okay. So I would like to do that before I have any issues with my feet. Because mm-hmm. in my family, feet issues are huge. Mm, Tons of them. You know, and I already have these little knots in my feet when I wake up in the morning that my grandmother used to complain about. And she used to say, old Arthur's acting up. And it's not arthritis. It's muscular. Right. But I just, before I have to worry about that, I just, I want to hike Columbia. You know, I'd like that. to walk the Great Wall of China. Actually, I don't know if you can walk the whole thing. It's pretty long. I think you can. I think people do marathons on it. I think so also. There was a funny, speaking of the Great Wall of China, there was a funny video I saw the other day of the Great Wall where I guess it was uh, super cold there in China, as, as it usually is. Um, and there was just, I, there's a point on one of the points on the Great Wall where it's kind of like a steeper angle going mm-hmm. up a hill. And it was just a bunch of tourists basically holding on to the side of the wall trying to like launch themselves up here because it was so cold. There was like a sheet of ice oh, and everybody geez. kept like slipping down <laughs> and it was just, there was, it was like Moses part of the fucking waters. You'd, everybody was just like clung to the walls trying well, to climb up. Well, travel that. hack number 842, go on the <laughs> off season. Just make sure that you know what you could possibly be facing. Mm-hmm. If you just want to pack a bikini. Mm-hmm. Don't go when it's going to be cold. See, and you really like the kind of uh, the more jungly kind of places to visit, too. Because I know two places you're trying to visit next year, both of which I'm trying to go with you on, is the Columbia trip, which uh-huh. is the, the trek. And then you're trying to go to Romania in May? Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. See, and I'm somebody where it's like, I'm much more excited to go to like Romania right. than I am to like go to Colombia. You know, I'm really excited for Romania because it's just so very different than the other two places that I'm mm-hmm. going to be going. Uh-huh. It's just a change, you know? I, I'm excited for a change. Um, I love a beautiful beach. Everyone loves a beautiful beach. Yeah. You know, but there's beaches everywhere. It's really culture that I get a little bit more into. Mm-hmm. So... That's why I'm excited for Romania, because other than what I've researched, I have nothing to relate what that culture may be like. Mm-hmm. The food, it's very, very traditional white people, and I'm not sure oh, yeah. I'm going to be... <coughs> Ooh. Ooh, bless you. <laughs> like heavy stew and lots of, you know... Sausage. Sausage and cheese mm. and all that kind of thing. Mm-mm-mm. As a white person... I'm very excited for that. And, and don't get me wrong. You've all, you know, a lot of you've seen my face. I have a white, I have a lot of white in me. <laughs> yes. I just don't, I wasn't really raised in that traditional Caucasian fashion where we ate a lot of sausage and cheese or 
grilled cheese. I don't. I don't even like cheese. Well, you. I mean, you lived in Mexico until you were like eleven, nine, right? Nine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nine. The first nine years of your life. Yeah, you but know? they love cheese there. Do they not eat a lot? Do they though? Oh yeah. I feel like a lot of, and I feel like you've told me this before. I feel like there's a lot of like quote-unquote Mexican food here in Arizona. Uh And one of the big differences with a lot of them is you said that they usually don't come with cheese. A lot of these traditional Mexican dishes we put cheese on. Yes. So you are very correct. A lot of their cheese never goes on a taco. Okay. Ever. (laughs) And in Arizona, sometimes you see cheese on tacos. see it a lot on tacos. Yeah. Um, No, there's a lot of cheese in Mexico. We just don't use it the same way as we do here. What what do you like? What are dishes that cheese enchiladas oh, are huge? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Quesadillas yeah. are huge. Oh, duh. They go in all burritos, um, but you don't really see anyone laying a sheet of cheese like we do here. And a lot yeah. of we don't put cheese on a well. They have burgers there, and sometimes there's cheese on them, but that's like an American thing too. Yeah, um, but they have. Queso fresco, which it looks like cottage cheese, you know, cotija cheese. It's uh-huh. very common in the Oaxaca region, which is like just south of the of, of center. They have, you know what I'm talking about? It's like crumbly looking yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah, like feta cheese. Yeah, like yeah. Mexican feta, but it doesn't taste like feta at all. From what I hear, I won't eat it because I don't eat cheese. <laughs> but anyway, no, there there is some there. There's plenty. I personally just will not eat it. I think it's disgusting. I will not spend money on something that I think is gross. So why chance it? <laughs> and I get all of it. I get, have you ever had Gouda? Oh, yeah. All ever had Limburger? Well, it's funny because I get the same exact responses when it comes to like fish and sushi. Yeah. Because I do not like fish or sushi and everybody else is up in arms about that decision in my life or not even a decision, just, you know, preference and same thing. Like, well, have you ever had calamari? Have you ever had, you know, like, have you ever been to raw? Have you ever done? Yes. I've what tried about all pokey? Of it. You've had pokey, Yeah. Right? <laughs> I get all of that. And I'm like, yes, I've literally well, tried all of it. Well, you Los Angeles and mm-hmm. you didn't like sushi. That's uh-huh. like, that's how people get to know each other. There are a lot of things in Los Angeles I actually didn't like. One thing I never got into in Los Angeles that everybody loved was Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Oh my God, I love Roscoe's. I, had, I love it. I was working on a movie. I was working on Oz actually when I first had it and mm-hmm. they catered for us one day. And you know, it was my first time having it. I was very excited to have it. And I was just like, these two things, one, do not belong together. And, you know, and of course, when it's served on a plate, you get some of the maple syrup on the, you know, fried chicken also. That's the best. No, I think that's the fucking worst. No, You're it's... like mixing this, like, this sugar with savory. I don't know. It just, I think that's you guys are in. weird. It's what people do now. Salt and sugar are in. Oh, trust me. Salted caramel. It's like when we go, well, and I don't like salted caramel either. You want to know what else I don't like? The fries from Wingstop because they fucking do that shit also. Okay. So it's not that anyone else is missing the mark. You are just behind the food trend. I I guess. Or I just don't like the food trend. We didn't say I'm behind it. 
You'll but, warm up to it. <laughs> I try. You know, it's funny. I have actually considered recently because with like fish and sushi, because fish and sushi is one of those things where I would really I really want to like it. That's how I feel about fancy you know, cheese. Yeah. Like yes. I, I really do want to like it. And I kind of equate it or I try to equate it in my head to like how most of us are before we have, you know, beer. You know, we all right. hate the taste of beer. Then the more you drink it, you start to acquire a taste for it. Yes. Right. So I've almost um, I've kind of considered recently starting to try doing that with fish. Like microdosing. Yeah, literally <laughs> just microdosing. Like once in a week, you know, like buy, buy you know, a, a thing of salmon or go out for sushi and have a couple, like one roll or whatever it is. And just like, and just force myself to eat it until I just fucking like it. I'm missing out on a lot of omega-3s. I have a lot of omega-3s to make up for in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that about cheese. But don't get me wrong, I will stomach it. If I go to France, say, uh-huh. okay, first off, it's very expensive to eat and shop there. Uh-huh. So um, I'm going to get the full experience, mm-hmm. and I'm going to eat the damn cheese. Yes. I'm going to get a big wooden plate. I would imagine it in my head, a square block-looking mm-hmm. wooden plate, a board, charcuterie yeah. board. And I'm going to go to town on some soft, stinky cheese. I'm oh, just, yeah. Well, and I feel the same way about, like, if I were to go to Norway, that serves a lot of, like, you know, blubber. And, Ooh, that'd uh, be hard for you. It's literally cold it's, yeah. fish. But, I mean, if I'm there, I have to fucking eat it. You know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's like, regardless. You know, but who knows? You know, you know, we're also talking about places where those two things are, like, their specialty. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going, you know, I'm sure, like, the cheddar cheese you buy at the, the block of cheddar cheese you buy at Walmart here in Arizona is going to vastly differ from, you know, a sample of cheddar cheese that you get in France. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm sure. And I would say the same thing with, like, fish in places that are, you know, more prone to serve fish. But I'm always really interested in like the nordic areas mm-hmm. you know the scandinavian peninsula for simply for the contrast i mean thailand to you know uh, finland uh-huh you know yucatan to and the switzerland no switzerland's lower isn't it they're, they're switzerland's lower by germany so i'm thinking of up there what are they yeah. finland uh finland norway denmark uh and sweden Sweden, there's another one too I can't think of, but yeah, those are like the big the big ones though. Okay. I just got a world map. It's oh, Adam picked it up for me. <laughs> the, yeah, we actually had a lot of fun looking at the other You'd day. be surprised at how much you forget about where everything is actually. Yes. Well, and one thing that like kind of blew my mind was I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know there's, you know, over 200 countries, you know, on our planet, but just a lot of the countries out there that exist that it's like you don't even know exist. Some of them I thought were cities, like Qatar. Q- you thought Qatar a- was a city? Yeah, I thought it was a, a city in like Turkey. Oh, wow. No, I knew that one. I did not know that but, was a country. And I know a lot of shit, mm-hmm. but for some reason... Well, and that that's what's funny, and it, and it really it really like made me feel small looking at it because you see the like for example one country I know both of you uh, both you and I saw that we didn't know existed was there's a country in Africa called Chad. 
Yeah. You know, and uh, and it's a bigger country. It's not like a small little island or anything. It's, you know, a, a good portion. And, uh, you know, and it was just kind of funny looking at it and not only had, you know, I never known that was there before, but then I just started thinking, I'm like, wow, there's this country called Chad. They have their own population, their own culture, their, their own, own people history. with their own problems who yeah. live in Chad their entire life. Yeah. It's like that kind of stuff blows my mind sometimes. To mine think too. Of. And that is why a big focus on me wanting to travel is culture, Mm -hmm. you know, is just culture. Fuck a hotel, Mm -hmm. fuck a five-star hotel. I do not want to go to another country to stay in a fucking Hilton. I feel you. I just don't want to. I want to get into the nitty gritty, you know? So when people want to go to France to the Riviera Uh so they can go to the beach and stay in a hotel, Uh I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't go on vacation with those people because I promise you if I'm outnumbered on a trip that I've always wanted to go on uh-huh. f- so that we can stay in a hotel, yeah, I'd, I'd be so angry. I would be so bitter. I totally get that. Um, I, I was even like that growing up on a smaller scale. I remember there was a, uh, there was a time I went with a group of friends to Los Angeles before I had lived there. We were just, I think it was like the summer after my senior year and me and some friends, you know, planned our first trip without the parents, you know, to like go to Los Angeles and just vacation. Big deal when you're doing it. Big deal. Yeah. And, uh, but I remember while we were there, you know, there were, there were a couple people within our group who kind of, who wanted to like go bowling or something like that. Right. Like they found that they both have worked at a bowling alley at this point here in Arizona. So they kind of just wanted to like check out, Oh, what's this bowling alley? And I was very much just like, why we have bowling alleys in Arizona. Why the fuck do you want to come here and go bowling? Like there's all this other shit to do, you know? So I feel the same way when it comes to like traveling and stuff. I think there are some places where I wouldn't go. I mean, I'm definitely down to tag along for anything, but like, where I wouldn't, I don't know, it just depends on the place. Like, if I'm going to some place like Colombia or Thailand or anything like that, like, for sure, like, do the hostel thing, because that's, you know, that's kind of the thing you do when you go to those places. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I'm going to France or something, I, I don't need to stay in a five-star hotel. I'll stay in a more kind of local type of, like, motel-esque thing, but I don't feel a need to do, like, the hostel thing in France. You know what I mean? Yeah, France is, or really any Western place in Europe. Europe. Yeah. yeah, Western Europe in general, I find it to be much more expensive. Well, it is. So yeah. you just don't go unless you're gonna really just do it. Yeah. Plus, really, the people aren't the attraction in England. The no, people no, no, aren't no. the attraction in France. No. Okay. Spain, the people are in Italy, the people are kind of the attraction, but really it's the sights that you want to see. It's the things yeah. that you've seen a million times that you want to finally see in real life. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to Chad, yeah, the Chadians are Chadians, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Those are the attraction. If you go to Togo, mm-hmm. you want to meet the people of Togo. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Congo, you're going to probably want to see, you know, the jungle and some animals and the people. Mm-hmm. You want to see how the people live and. If once, you know, the people aren't 
a focus anymore, then that becomes a luxury vacation, you know, right. where you don't, you don't really care about the culture. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm not in a huge hurry to go to any European country, because for me, it's probably just going to be there, with the exception of Florence. Not Florence, sorry, Venice. Mm-hmm. Venice, Italy is sinking, and I want to get there before it's gone. Touche. So... Yeah. I mean, in Italy, I think I'd just be a lot more interested in seeing over, you know, England. Right. No, I, I definitely feel you there. Um, it just, it's really just preference. There are some people who, you know, go to those places. And usually you'll get a lot of like hikers who like going to, even if it's the Western European countries, they'll still do the hostel thing and everything because they're just basically hiking through the entire country and then they'll go see the sites and everything that are there while they're there. But I mean, just as you said, though, I mean, we're, it's just good to do it while you're young because you can constantly just buy the plane tickets and stuff. And and just as you said, and you and I have talked about it before with how, uh, cheap you can find plane tickets sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it could be just as easy of like oh let's take you know four days off of work you know on these days and go to greece for a couple days it's, well greece is a little more expensive to fly but especially well, just, western uh, europe example, in general yeah. it's funny because if you go to like africa uh-huh. no matter what you're spending at least twelve hundred dollars really to fly how strange. They're closer to us than... It's so expensive to fly to Africa. But, I mean, your money goes a long way there. Mm. Whereas, I mean, I scored some crazy cheap tickets to Thailand. But usually, that's really expensive, you know, to fly to Asia. And then right. you get there and your dollar goes a long way. It's quite the opposite with a place like England or Paris. Right. Super cheap to fly. I one time saw... Um, a trip to England and back. I was just surfing Skyscanner just to see what I could do. And I found a trip for $184. Wow. A five-day trip. Well, a five-day plane ticket. Right. It was and it was very tempting. I mean, how hard would it be to, you know... Yeah, I mean... Just tell your job, I'm going to London for five days. I'm sorry. I scored a ticket for this much. I was going to say, like... I'm I, sure we can work this out. I was going to say, like, I could literally pay for that in tip money you know like a few weeks of yeah. tips and i found <laughs> it at two in the morning i was just up late surfing the internet and but what but like why was it just like a season that oh, there's a lot of not... reasons why so uh sometimes like a a big company will have purchased a whole bunch of tickets and mm-hmm. then they'll drop them all like re- refund them or, or switch to another flight or something uh-huh. so now they have you know 30 seats available on a flight that leaves in a week and a half and they just want to fill them gotcha as opposed to having an empty plane Mm -hmm. so there's i mean there's a lot of reasons why tickets could be cheaper you know or you might run across a ticket that's strangely cheap and you're like all right well i'm booking it and then you realize you have like an overnight 26 hour layover right and somewhere lame like dallas fort worth yeah you know or uh you know but it's like that's kind Vermont. of the price you pay for you know cheap tickets exactly you, you know, know. And if, there's something to be said for traveling by yourself i mean i don't mind traveling by myself i've done it several times and it's easy because you just do your own thing you just go mm-hmm. yeah. i feel like at some point i could be at a point where i could like travel by myself but like 
at least uh, anywhere in the, here in the country for sure. I right. Well, that's by myself, where I travel you know? by myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like, as far as like traveling outside of the country, it's definitely something the first few times at least I'd like a companion with, you yeah. know, and then branch off to by myself afterwards. But I just wouldn't let other people not being able to go or do anything with me. Mm hmm be a reason I didn't go. True. You know, yeah. so and that's a good that's a good thing to have. Because yeah. a lot of people will well do the opposite. They'll say, Oh well I don't have anyone to go with me, so I'm not gonna go. Hell no. You My know. boyfriend's in college. So for that reason, you know, we really try to plan things for like early January and then right after school's out like in May. Mm-hmm. And then I can't just do to big work obligations i can't go in the middle of summer right so that leaves us like late august as well other than that i don't make a lot of consideration and if ever you know he was to tell me i don't think i can make it to this one i just don't have the money or whatever Mm -hmm. i would go i would definitely go this life is too short Mm -hmm. i'm still able-bodied right i can still do it you know, and I speak Spanish, so it's easy to get around those Latin countries. I don't have if there's a big language barrier, okay, I'd say. You know, yeah. try to figure out how to have somebody with you so you at least have someone going through this with you. Yeah, exactly. There's uh I've I've had those kind of similar thoughts of, of just that. It's like if I'm gonna go to Colombia or something like that, I'd much rather go with somebody like you who can at least, you know, navigate the language. You or know. tell everybody, hey, by the way, he's missing. I haven't seen him in four days. <laughs> right, <dead."> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and those those are kind of like, I, I think when it came to like maybe some of the Western European countries, even the Eastern European countries, I'd be more prone to go to those by myself because if I were to get lost or something, I feel like I could kind of navigate myself back to wherever it is I need to be. Mm-hmm. But if I go to fucking Colombia by myself or Thailand by myself... And I well, Thailand's different because there's a lot of white tourists there. But like most some... places in this world, mm-hmm. there's gonna be English speakers right. or someone that can speak English. Same yeah. with Spanish, I think. You know, most, yeah. most of these Latin countries, and then um, places where they'll speak like, bordering places that border yeah. um, Spanish-speaking countries. But even with the as a fluent Spanish speaker, I'd still want someone to go to Spain with me, just because you know very different. Plus, you want memories with other people. But yeah, the inability yeah. to create a memory is not worth, you know, the information you download into your mind and the experience that you let download into your mind. Right. So, I'd, of course, always love for my boyfriend to go with me. But if he just couldn't and I could, you know, that's a fight we can work through another time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, dude. Traveling traveling's crazy, man. I, I hope to kind of jump on that track because I myself have never been outside of the country. I even went to Niagara Falls, and I ever and I never went to the Canadian side. So the average, I was reading mm-hmm. on, on this article somewhere, probably Facebook, so it has to be true. Of course, the average uh, amount that someone spends when they go out is twelve dollars and change. That makes sense. That sounds right. Okay, twelve dollars and change, fast food or mm-hmm. sit down or whatever. And uh, they were talking about how everyone has enough money to travel yes everyone sure. does if you were willing to not eat out yes. you could take several trips every year mm-hmm. well i've even thought about and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast where i was just saying you know every 
really the same thing. Everybody does have the mind to go do this stuff because you're using that same mind to do other things. I mean, I think about it all the time in terms of, and Matthew and I were just talking about this yesterday on the podcast with like smoking, right? Smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the big downfalls aside from the health stuff of being addicted to smoking cigarettes, which is the biggest downfall, which is the biggest downfall is how much, uh, is how much money you spend on cigarettes because your av- I mean your average cigarette smoker is usually about like a pack a day and packs here in Arizona are like eight nine dollars. So I did the math once and I'm basically spending close to three hundred dollars you know a month on cigarettes and then that's not even like including you know whatever I spend on fast food or extra shit that I don't need that I spend money on and like well not even the smoking thing anymore just in general oh, okay. whether it's like fast well, food or just your cigarettes. In two months, gets you to Columbia. Exactly. You know, and those, but I think a lot of people find themselves in those same situations, even if it's not cigarettes, you know, where you don't realize all this extra money you're spending on shit that you really could live with that. I mean, we've seen it too with, you know, when you get uh, your health together, you know, you can buy, you know, just like a slab of meat that will last you like basically the entire week for five dollars, yeah. As opposed to spending ten to twelve dollars every day on fast food, which most people do. You, you know, know, we spend our money where we think it's worth it. You know, yeah. whether it's subconsciously or consciously, and the way that you choose to spend your money, I feel like has a lot to do with the type of person you should seek out. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that can either not seek out, but you know eventually find yourself with you want to find balance because i will spend money very quickly Mm -hmm. on things that matter to me so food is a big one i need help a lot in that area (laughs) another one is travel Uh Um, i own a home so i go on spurts where i'm get really into projects and i'll just start putting money into it Uh and that's good because the money comes back Uh you know it, it raises the value of your house but it's definitely something that's difficult and you don't think about the repercussions later because one thing that we spent a lot of money on and it doesn't always pay off the way that we thought it would is like education. Yes. A tremendous amount of money on this education. And just debt in general. Like, and you know, we have to really think about, okay, we are spending more money as Mm -hmm. a society now on, uh, on services that need tradesmen, right? Right. The amount that we spend on for to get our cars fixed, mm-hmm. okay, or um, to have our like landscaping done and maintained, mm-hmm. or I mean, what else? There's plumbing. Mm-hmm. You know, to have someone come out and fix a toilet or a pipeline or something. Sometimes it's many thousands of dollars, and we don't tell anybody how important it is to just know how to do something that can sustain you so that that way you can go to work work and then leave right right we push higher education on everybody including myself i fell for it too Mm -hmm. okay and now what's we've completely deflated the importance of a degree and we've completely inflated how important tradespeople are but for some reason we still can't get it through to this generation how important it is to really embrace if you really love working with your hands. Well, it's it's one of those things that unfortunately our generation and I, and I would say cuz I th- I think this is more of a generation Z thing than it is a millennial thing. 
And uh, although millennials do fall into that category also. Um, but I think it's one of those we're just not going to learn that until, you know, sometimes you got to get slapped in the face to understand that it hurts to get slapped in the face. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So in regards to that, I think we're going to, cause right now you have a lot of people who are going to school, getting these bullshit degrees and something like, you know, uh, psychology. I know is a big one. A lot of people get degrees in or gender studies or, you know, liberal art degrees, things like that. Degrees that really are not going to help you get a job out there in the real world unless it's a real, like, you know. Unless you're teaching. Yeah, unless you're teaching or it's a real, like, tight niche thing that you're doing, whatever it is. Think about philosophy. Who's going to philosophize? (laughs) Philosophize. Their way to being a millionaire. Well, and that's just it. If If you're getting a degree in philosophy, you better be planning to write a pretty profound book you know what i mean or or teach it or have a concept that's unlike anything's ever heard so far but unfortunately right now everybody gets these degrees in these things and they think they're going to make a living doing it at some point and the the fact of the matter is they're not but it's one of those things to where it doesn't matter how many times people tell them you're not going to be able to make a living in this it they're going to still do it they're still going to try and then they're going to find themselves in this position where when you're have jobs young dumb and full of opinions (laughs) and you think you know everything because i mean i really thought i knew everything Mm -hmm. and the smarter you get the more you realize you didn't know shit oh man ignorance is so bliss man and it really isn't it cringy when you look back and you're like i was certain that at this point in my life if you asked me at 35 or would i be i mean i was doing, you know, lectures at a different Ivy League university, like, you know, every two weeks. And I was selling out lecture halls. And then on the weekends, I was performing at the Met. Right. You know, and... Oh, yeah. I mean, and same here. You know, we don't realize until life comes and smacks you in the face. But, I, but like, that's that's the issue a lot of these people run into is they sit there and they go, oh, you need to, you know, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know... I'm going to school for, you know, gender studies or whatnot. And people just don't understand that those things aren't going to be. And just as you said, tradesmen, you know, is really what is where it's at. And I think you're going to see a lot of these people who get these degrees and these bullshit things. And then all of a sudden they're going to find themselves like doing these jobs anyway. (laughs) It's so sad, too, because when it comes to tradesmen jobs, like... There really is good money. There's great money. It. I saw a meme that was amazing that it said, "Remember when? You, remember in elementary school? Oh no, remember in third grade when your teachers told you if you didn't do a good job in school, you'd be the trash man? Yeah. Why didn't that bitch tell you that the trash man makes double what she makes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like sh- shit like that all the time. And going back to like when we're in elementary school and stuff, I feel like we were raised maybe not being like told this but it was definitely implied in the teachings that you're not going to be able to make a decent life being a plumber or an electrician or but they never tell you we won't make a decent living being a teacher yeah exactly they don't tell you any of that shit you know there was a girl in high school named adria mashburn and her dad owned mash trash right (laughs) Uh they were loaded Oh my god! Loaded, and so everyone kind of wanted to talk shit. Uh huh. That like her dad's the trash guy, but but 
while he may smell like beer cans, uh-huh. she's loaded. Yeah. You know, she was the girl that showed up for the uh, East Coast trip with her mm-hmm. check, thinking, oh, we don't pay today. No, this is an entire meeting. Talk about how we can figure out how we can pay for it. Oh, well, here's my check. And leave. <laughs> to her, not being able to do something because there was not enough money was not. It was just. Yeah. This and this yeah. is the daughter of the trash guy. Yeah. So don't talk shit. Yeah, exactly. Teach your children life hacks. We always want to know life hacks. Oh, well, there is you know? one. Well, one way, one thing that's not a life hack is. Work your ass off, stress yourself out, take out a tremendous amount of student loans, uh-huh. be in debt, go to school for four years <laughs> until you realize you still need to go to school for two years to rise above anybody else with your degree because now everybody yes. has one. Uh-huh. You graduate with that. And now, even though you're making, say, say you're making $100,000 a year, uh-huh. okay, but you have $200,000 in student loan debt. Okay, my payments for 30000 were about $320. Mm. So imagine for seven times that. Ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. You're probably looking at it. I mean, we're going to nicely say $1,300. Yeah, easily. So, yeah, making $100,000 a year, $1,300 of that after tax, you know, is now going to student loans. Well, and that's, and that's what's so sad about it. And a lot of these trade schools... You know, it's their their nine month to a year programs, and then all of a sudden you're just in it. You know, after that you usually do like an apprentice an apprenticeship for maybe another year or two, and then but you're still making money while you're doing that apprenticeship. And then I I mean I have a friend I went to elementary school with who didn't you know didn't really go to college or anything, and he he took like a nine month program for like HVAC stuff. And now he does that for a living. He's my age. He owns a house. He bought himself this really nice Harley motorcycle. And this Do is I know this old, person. You may have met him once. Okay, but I, you may not have though. Also, okay. it's been a while since I've even just seen curious. Him. But, but anyways, but like, so he's this HVAC guy now, and he makes way more money than I do, you know, and mm-hmm. way more money than I would argue that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's just from do- going to school for nine months and just learning a trade. If I saw my son, which I do not have one, nor do I wish to have one, playing with garbage trucks and being obsessed with the garbage man when he saw him walk out and wanted to know where the garbage went after, you know, it was taken away. Right. And for his birthday, asked to go where the trash goes to die or the trash cemetery or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't necessarily love that, but this kid really, really, really wants to know about the refuse process. Yeah. And I would culture that, and I would make sure that he understood that. I mean, I'd make him learn how to like play an instrument and right, right, right. do good in school and stuff too. Cuts your, you know. But we just we dog on tradesmen, you know. We we're horrible with money. We who are we to say that somebody else is wrong? Yeah, no kidding though. It's and and that's that's a really good point to end on here because too many times. It, first of all, it's funny how we were kind of like I said raised with. You know, not even just with our parents, but just teachers and everything kind of being taught that these are like lower grade jobs, you know, to get. 
But just as you said, like, who are we to fucking judge? You know, we look at these people with, you know, who their job is to take out the trash every day. And we're sitting there like, hmm, the trash man. Meanwhile, he's going, yeah, well, you have $150,000 in student debt and you don't even have a job in your field. And I'm bringing $80,000 a year in for taking your trash out. Talk shit, bitch. Go ahead. (laughs) Exactly. And too many people, I think, you know, they, I, I almost feel like going to college anymore is a way to justify your pompous attitude anymore you know at least that's the way people treat it i feel i think it's wanting to fit in i think look i did really well in high school my Mm -hmm. parents told me to go to this junior college to save money and i looked at them appalled like how dare you (laughs) i did not work this hard to go to burnout university right thank you (laughs) look back you're like oh wow you know parents do know something yeah. They don't know a lot about what you go through being a kid, uh-huh. you know, or being a teenager because everyone's different. Well, everyone's it's different. Ge- different. It's, yeah, and it's different generations, too. That was one thing my parents always told me that always just a final note here because we're at time. But what they like my parents always told me was like, you know, like like we if I was bothered by something, they'd be like, we know because we went through it when we oh, were younger God, too. I hated that. And I'm just like, and then, you know, even as I get older, I'm like, okay, well maybe you did to an extent, but guess what? You didn't have the technology that I have. You know, you didn't have the kind of upbringing that I had, you know, you guys made very sure that I didn't have the same kind of upbringing that you guys did. So uh, why, do, why do you get to say like, oh, I understand. It's like, well, no, you don't. Cause it's a very different situation than what you were in. That's just another side of the argument where you learn that your parents are also just people. Yep. They're humans just like the rest of us. That's another podcast, isn't it? That is that's another. A good other, that's a good episode. That is a good one. We'll have to put that one in the bank. Parents are just people. Parents are just people. All right. To be continued until next time. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm about to have a couple of drinks and some tamales. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on today's podcast. Remember, uh, we d- you can find us on all the social media platforms, and we do have a Patreon you can donate to. That's www.patreon.com forward slash hardly millennial. And any final thoughts, Justin? Just uh, don't forget to travel. Don't forget to travel. All right, everybody, have a lovely single de Mayo. Be safe and get hammered. Bye.